To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 113. I made that up. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's wow, it. Wow, I'm getting good at this. All right, keep all those. Keep hey, all if you rewind, if you rewind back to one of <laughs> like, like 85, I never knew what episode it was. The Opinionated Bench Warmers are back to record another episode, another sports episode, doing what we do best, and that's talking sports. The guys are back. We got Ramon in here as always, the star. We got Carlos, who's the most opinionated one of us all. And you got Rob, who's the fantastic host. We're back again. Uh, we all right off of a March Madness championship game. March Madness has wrapped up. We are finally to my favorite, favorite, favorite time of the year. And that's the NBA playoffs. We have a lot to get into. How you fellas feel? And I'm feeling good, man. It's been a, a pretty good day. Like you said, it's a lot that's been going on on the sports scene. Been a busy time. Uh, so it's definitely been giving us some stuff, some content and all that good stuff like that. So as I always say, man, I try not to hold it up. I'm excited to record again, ready to get into it, bro. For sure, man. Same here, bro. I, I, hey, I miss I miss us recording, bro. I miss us recording. I'm ready to do it, brother. Yeah, we take a week off. It feel like a, it feel like three weeks to me. I, I was ready to get back to it, but well needed rest because we got a lot to get into going forward. Consistency is our thing, so we'll be back and uh, we'll be with you every step of the way. Make sure that you catch your opinion. Eventually, in the New Orleans and Baton Rouge market, we're on the radio, ninety nine point one FM. If you're in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, check us out every Thursday, uh, nine to nine a.m. to twelve p.m. We have a sports segment. As a part of the Simply Simone show, shout out to Simone, who's doing great things in the New Orleans and Baton Rouge area. But yeah, if you are on the radio and you vibe in at work and you remember 9, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. in the Baton Rouge, New Orleans area, just turn that radio to 99.1 FM and you'll find us. Of course, you're here because you love our podcast and we appreciate all the love and support. If you want to find our podcast, of course. Make sure that you are subscribed to us. Make sure that you are sharing it. Make sure that you leave a review if you have not done so already. You can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and any other platform where you like to find your podcast. We got all of it out of the way. I'm not going to hold it up any longer. We'll jump right into the New Orleans Saints, who announced a very big trade for us. Man, we was able to uh, gather uh, two of the top 20 picks of the first round, which is huge. And in return, we had to give up some picks, of course, and uh, we gave up our first round pick of next year. But that's besides the point. We have two of the top 20 picks of this year's draft. Uh, I'm excited about it because I always look at a move as a franchise. Their moves really suggest what their ownership and what their management is thinking 
And I think the New Orleans Saints really feel like we can compete this year. That's what that, that's what those picks say to me. Of course, we had uh, Armstead leave our all-pro uh, all pro left tackle, and we had Marcus Williams, who uh, is, is, has been a, a very pivotal part of the defense, even though he would miss assignments here and there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we lost him to the Baltimore Ravens. But in return, we get two of the top 20 picks. I said it, and I've, I've been saying it for a long time. It's no secret. We got our quarterback in place, but we have to get some weapons around him. And I think that these two top 20 picks is an opportunity for us to not only slide up and skip a skip a team, but I think that it means that we're eyeing a wide receiver. That's something that we really need. We need somebody to compliment Michael Thomas. Um, I'm I'm really done with the project of us bringing in free agents like Emmanuel Sanders and older receivers in the league. I'm really, even though he's talented, I, I like the idea of getting somebody young, fresh. Um, you know, when I think of it, Chris Avalay out of Ohio State is a great prospect. Uh, Garrett Wilson, if, if we're able to get him, I doubt it. But, um, you know, if we're able to get some guys like that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all with it. And, of course, with that second pick, I think that we would try to go after an offensive lineman uh, just to replace Armstead. Of course, he's going to be hard to replace, but he doesn't stay on the field much. So if you can stay healthy, you already have an upper leg on him. Hey, I thank Armstead for what he did for New Orleans. <laughs> There's no shade, but it's the facts. But uh, I'm interested to know you guys, fellas, thoughts on this trade and, and you know, what y'all thought about it. Uh, Yeah, I thought that, honestly, it was a, a good move for both sides. I'll jump into the Eagles side of it, you know, first. And I think from their side and the way that they look at it is that they're giving uh, pretty much uh, one more year uh, for, I can't think of his name right now, the quarterback is escaping my mind, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, uh, kind of giving him one more year, uh, one more kind of, audition period before they decide you know uh whether he'll be their learn long-term option or not and so i think that they got that additional first rounder uh for next year kind of with that in mind um i'm hoping that Jalen can prove himself and can show that he's the guy long term but i think that you know remains to be seen from the saints end it's, it's just as you said you know the saints are showing that they're all in right now uh with this deal now they have three of the top 50 picks in the draft um and like you already mentioned the spots where they really need help at wide receiver and o-line uh this is a deep draft for wide receivers you already mentioned garrett wilson um of course i think that chris olave will be uh probably in that general area you got also drake london out of usc uh several guys this is a really deep draft for wide receivers so y'all will no doubt uh the new orleans saints will be able to get a wide receiver with one of those picks and um, I just think that it shows that they're all in at this point. We've seen kind of, you know, over the course of the offseason, somewhat of this exodus over to the AFC and the way that the AFC is built up so much. Um, we know that we have, you know, that the defending champs, you know, I'll give you a shout out right there, Los. Uh, defending champs are resting in the NFC right now. Uh, but then when you look oh, at the please. rest, <laughs> when you look, I'm, I'm just trying to play it fair, man. I'm just trying to play it fair, man. Uh, but when you look at the NFC, you know, it, it, it's kind of open after you look at the defending champs uh, being there at the top. And so I think that the Saints are showing, hey, we're all in. We feel like we have the defense um, that is still there and is ready and equipped. Go get another weapon for Jameis Winston, Winston, get him some protection. And I think that honestly, um, it's a good move for the organization. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like you said, you, you laid it out, brother. Like, I, I just I don't know another time when the NFC can be as, as open as it is right now. Like the NFC right now is just, you know, we look at all the quarterbacks and things that has moved over and for the saints to make this move and say, okay, cool. 
Now we get MT back, you know. Now we get Jameis, who was playing really well before the injury and, you know, had that team, you know, what, five and two or I want to say five and two at the time with only like 13, yeah. 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. So he was playing his best ball. Yeah, this I think was, it was a 14 joke. touchdowns, three interceptions. Okay. Yeah, I had it mixed up. 14, three interceptions, which is amazing, you know. And we joked about this on previous podcasts way, way old that he had LASIK surgery. You know, he had that laser surgery and he was hitting deep balls. He was not throwing as many interceptions like it really worked wonders for him. So I'm really interested to see how he do with actual one, number one weapon with these new picks they bring in. Hopefully they can grab, you know, like we said, there's so many good receivers out there right now. So many guys are going to fall to that mid range. And so with them jumping the Chargers now, another team that's been talked about being in the mix to a receiver. You know, who knows where they're going to go with this pick. They may just draft a lineman. Who knows with the Saints? They love their lineman first round. <laughs> but right now, they have two to play with. They can get that lineman, you know, to replace um, Armstead. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go lineman wide receiver because the receiver class is so deep because the Chargers are also a team that's been rumored that need an officer line. So they get the guy that they want to get and then, you know, get that receiver, that second option right now, because that's something that the Saints have been, you know, lacking for years, years and years is, you know, two two guys, two good guys on the outside, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Jameis do. And you get this team, you still have Kamara there. You still have Trotman, who is also a young prospect. So I like it, man. Just go for it. I mean, these picks right now, we know the trend on the NFL right now. These teams are just saying, hey, forget these picks, man. Let's, let's just do it. Let's let's make let's make a move. This is kind of a reverse effect because they gave up a pick and just saying all in this year. But I, I really I'm really like what they did here. Yeah, just, just right quick to tell on to it, just as you were mentioning those wide receivers. This is also a class that has several deep threats. So this is kind of perfect, the perfect guy to complement and be opposite Michael Thomas is a guy that can stretch the field. And when you got burners like Chris Olave in there, you got a guy in Jamison Williams that probably would have been the number one wide receiver pre-ACL that really you can take advantage of something like that. It's just a perfect opportunity. So um, I'm all with it and what the Saints elected to do. Yeah, just as a Saints fan, it's exciting. Um, I think that one thing that's that's kind of lost in it all is uh, it's just – you know, how the moves were made. I think everything started to fall into place with Jameis Winston. But one point I want to reiterate, man, I think I said it last podcast, is I'm starting to see what type of chokehold Sean Payton had on us. I think that his prior accolades, the fact that he brought us our first Super Bowl in a long time, I think that they really kind of overshadowed and his off greatness offensively. But the Taysom Hill thing is still weighing on me. I keep bringing it up. I guess I'm scored by that. We was fooled as fans for five years that this man was a quarterback. Only to find out that the entire organization agrees with, with us as fans that this man is not a quarterback. He's a gadget player at best. And now you hear reports of Dennis Allen looking at him more of as a tight end. So, I mean, it's just like, man, I mean, I, I guess that could be a podcast in itself or a segment in itself. But for the sake of us having to get to so much, I just want to put that out there. That I think that by the moves that are made by this franchise and just how the, the breath of fresh air, the moves that we're making, the, the, the common sense moves that are being made. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm having to look at Sean Payton. With a, I'm at to raise my eyebrow. I appreciate for what all he did for us. But I really I'm really becoming less and less sad that he's on the move and on the go. You know, as soon as he. Leaves MT recompense to us, and I'm looking at his Twitter. 
and every five tweets is about the Saints and the moves that they're making. That wasn't the case five months ago. I'm just saying that. I mean, Sean Payton's great, Hall of Famer, but I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah so go ahead. <laughs> now, now, I was going to say, man, sometimes that change is necessary, but I think we also, too, got to see it play out once the season rolls around. I think it's twofold. You know, that change is necessary. They're making some different moves, you know, some changes and all of that. But we also, too, got to see what it looks like when the actual season rolls around, too. Yeah, and real quickly, yeah, I mean, even if you look at a guy like Bill Parcell, all these coaches kind of pass their time. You know, they were good coaches, right? But, you know, sometimes you just don't meet, you don't fit the environment of these new players and their attitudes and things like that, that, you know, you have this old man mentality of get off my lawn and it's just like a new day. And so they did need that, need that breath of fresh air there. And so we'll see how things turn out this season, you know, because Sean Payton still had the team competing, even though uh, he might have not been the most liked guy. But yeah. we'll see. It's still to be, yeah. to be determined. I, I want to reiterate, I love Sean. Thank you for what you've done for New Orleans. It's not a Sean Payton bash. His legacy is cemented in New Orleans for the franchise. I appreciate what he's done. Okay, moving on. Speaking of New Orleans, we had the March Madness Championship Wrap up, man. We had a great game between North Carolina and Kansas in the beginning of the game. If you watch the game trend, you know, North Carolina, they was going to run away with this thing. But from the second half on, Kansas just completely dominated. Uh, the final score there is 72 to 69. I thought it was a great game. But I want to start off here. Man, they cannot have these games start out, start this late, man. Like, 8.20 Central Time is too doggone late. I know my our East Coast listeners are with us because it started at 9.20 on their, on their coast. Man, what is up with them starting this game that late? Yeah, no, it, it's ridiculous at this point. Like, they definitely can start these games earlier. I don't know why they do this every year. You got to think about the, the whole country out there. And, and starting it at that time is just – I think that part of it is that they try to allow for even, like, the West Coast to get home and be able to be settled and watch it. So they try to think about the whole spectrum there. But it, it's like it's tough. It's tough. It, it's somebody going to be complaining. Somebody yeah, somebody going to be stuck in traffic trying to get home to watch the yeah. game and be complaining that if way. that's the case, just put it on Saturday, it. man. Just put yeah. it on Saturday so you can start it at a normal time. Bro. Like, yeah, yeah. I but, I, I mean, I made it. I made it to the – I barely – I almost didn't make it to the end, but I did, so I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm going to be 100%. I didn't watch a second of it. Uh, wow. still, still obviously and I, oh, yeah, I'm just being you're real still fan. obviously yeah, being salty yeah. being a Duke fan yeah. there was no way that I was watching that championship game so um, but I you did. was happy when you woke up <laughs> when you saw <laughs> well, well I, I was getting the alerts like the alerts were coming to my phone and so I, I saw the alert when North Carolina had they big run and they went up by like 15 and nothing felt better than seeing that lead erased and seeing Kansas come out on top, even though I'm not a Kansas fan at all. Uh, but nothing felt better than just seeing it just be ripped from them and, and them losing ultimately. So I know that sounds super salty, but I'm going to be honest, I am still salty. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I think that Kansas couldn't be denied, man. I, I really do. Uh, I, they 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 had it on their mind. When I heard the dude say, "Yeah, this is for the 2020 team that couldn't have a tournament because it got canceled," I was like, "Okay, yeah, they they gonna win." <laughs> <All right. laughs> so I mean, it's just Kansas on a phenomenal run. I'm happy for Bill Self, which is another legendary coach in college basketball. Shout out to those guys. I didn't have a horse in the race, of course, 
my LSU Tigers didn't make it past the first round uh, with a loss to Iowa State. Uh, hats off to them. Hats off. Shout out to North Carolina because nobody expected them to make it this far. Um, that, that was a great a great start. I'm sorry, Ramon. I'm, I'm going to hurry up and get off this segment. Nah, you that was a great start. Um, shout out to Coach K. Ramon, you have the floor and what his run was for him to make it to this that point. The, the game to make it to the Final Four was amazing. I would have loved to see him finish it off, but unfortunately it didn't. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely would have liked to see Coach K finish it off. Uh, we know the legendary career that he's had. We know the 40 plus years that he's been at Duke, you know, a career that started off where within his first three seasons, they really actually wanted to fire him. Uh, can you imagine Coach K getting fired within his first three seasons and seeing what he's done for that program? Whenever you hear Duke, Coach K is really the first thing that you think of. Uh, when you think of that program and a lot of times when you think of that school now uh, to win five national championships uh, to not only do what he did at Duke, but to do what he did for Team USA and USA basketball uh, to really bring us back to the forefront um, and bring us back to winning um, in that regard. When you speak of uh, Coach K, you know, all you can really say is winner. You know, the guy's a winner. You look at the record winning over 78 percent of his games. Uh, look at what he did in conference, outside of conference. The guy is just a legend. Uh, he's a living legend. And so hats off to Coach K. Um, appreciate your time and everything that you did for the Duke program. And, um, you know, sell off into the sunset now at this point. So it definitely was one of those things that was tough to kind of see him go out like that and to see him go out against his, you know, arch nemesis, to go out against his rival. Uh, I think that that was the tough part of it. But, man, still hats off to my guy, Coach K. Yeah, for sure. Hats off to Coach K, man. What a career, what a legend, even from USA, USA basketball, and he's just so well-respected, how much talent he didn't put into the NBA with his recruiting. Man, just what a career, just already, you know. He could have retired 10 years ago and been a Hall of Famer. Like, this dude has just been that good. So, um, again, hate to see him go out that way. Same way, I feel the same way. I wanted to see him go out on top, and I think I actually said on our um, segment uh, for the radio that I had uh, Duke winning it, you know, but, you know, obviously they didn't. So that's off to Coach K. Yeah. One one more piece, too. I just had a, a quick question. Do y'all remember or know who ended up winning our tournament challenge? That we I don't had? know. I haven't seen it, bro. I, I've been out. Looking. I've been out since week one. That's why you said that. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, my mom won. I'm about to see you that 20, bro. Yeah, I'm about to see you that bro. Bro, you could have texted us that on the side, bro. You have to. Yeah, man. The so, listeners might want to know. The last, last but not least, certainly not least, we had the ladies who finished up on uh, Sunday, uh, South Carolina and Connecticut, which was the women's March managed uh, championship game. Connecticut and South Carolina, Gino and Coach Don, Don uh, legendary coaches already. Uh, Don has won her second. South Carolina came victorious, 64 to 49. Uh, she's the first African-American head coach, ladies coach, to win multiple championships. And she has her second one. She won one in 2017. And now she has another one. Um, I think this is the very beginning of what we saw in Gino. I think Gino, I think Gino is handing the baton to South Carolina. I think we will see more championships on South Carolina, everybody get the, the talent. Connect, you come for a very, very long time, for years and years, had a chokehold on the women's talent. But South Carolina, Don has created a, a – starting to create a, a little a powerhouse and getting the best of the best. 
But um, I watched the game. It was phenomenal in the beginning. I mean, you got Paige Buckers, who's very extremely talented. If you haven't been able to watch her play, she's a guard, and I, I think she's probably going to have a bright future into the WNBA. And then, of course, on South Carolina side, you got Aaliyah Boston. Um, um, Destiny had – but Destiny was a star. And, Ramon, I think with this game, I don't know if you watched it, but Destiny and Los Destiny, I thought she should have won MVP of that game with 26 points. She came the ball. Uh, Aaliyah Boston, of course, had her double-double. Her double-double streak continued, and she made history with that. But I thought Destiny should have got the most outstanding player of the game. But, hey, it was a it was a talented game. Um, I think the women's sports is in good hands. And uh, shout-out to Don, who's doing some great things down there in South Carolina. Yeah, I think that part of that uh, two things is one, I think that they awarded for the entire Final Four. Um, and then I think, too, that, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Aaliyah, she just came into that whole thing with the hype. She's been the best player right. in the she nation. She had to get like, it. Yeah, she had You know, to get it was it, just man. that big thing. But like you said, you know, I do agree uh, the 26 points, it was huge in there. Uh, actually, this was Gino Oriema's first championship game that he's ever lost. He was 11 and 0 in championship games. And so Don Staley gave him his first loss. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, just to even give the full side of it, she's the first in men's and women's, uh, the first wow. black uh, one head coach to win multiple titles for men's and women's basketball. So um, hats off to her. Uh, I hope that it's not as much of a dynasty as uh, UConn, just from the state that she does play in the SEC. And uh, obviously, as we've mentioned before to the listeners, our love for LSU uh, by that being our <laughs> alma mater. So I'm hoping that Kim Mulkey can derail some of that. But like you said, yeah. I mean, South Carolina is rolling right now. Don yeah. Staley is a heck of a coach, and she's getting the talent there. Yeah. So that's all to them, man. And, and shout out to Paige again, man. She's ultra talented. Yeah, that, that girl that play, is a killer, man. The play where she oh went behind her, goodness. she dribbled between like three or four yeah. players behind her back, and it was kind of one of them Steph Curry type of yeah. uh, highlights. Where I, yeah. I think Paige is like she had. She's a talented offensive player, but she plays point guard and she knows how to control the game, like. She could easily go down and try to score every time and it be warranted because that's how talented she is. But she really gets the girls going and get everybody involved. And she really runs the offense. And the, the move that you said, that at that point, she had to do something because the game was slipping away. And, uh, man, she she's phenomenal. We Hopefully we get another year of her. I think we will. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, shout out to other talented ladies in the tournament. Van Lith. Uh, it's, it's a lot of girls that yeah. I, I'm like, man. Caitlin. Caitlin Clark from Iowa. Clark. Yeah, she she's the one true. female version of Steph. She is <laughs> female version true. of Steph. She yeah. can shoot it from anywhere, man. Yeah, so uh, shout out to the ladies. Uh, I think the women's sports is in good hands, and you see the future is very bright for that team. Um, sadly enough, man, and we're going to go to GG route, but I just, you know, just imagine it, Gigi, you know, in three years being on that stage, it would have been amazing to see. I think we really got robbed of that. No, I 100% agree. Like, she was going to do things and elevate the game to a completely different level for them. Like, Gigi, she was the one. So, I was actually, as as we were in this segment, I was actually thinking that as well. So, I'm glad you did give it a shout out, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, we're moving to the NBA. Uh, I'm going to get this out of the way. 
the play-in tournament starts a week from today. Um, I'm not my Los Angeles Lakers. We're scraping and clawing here, guys. But <laughs> y'all have to <laughs> it, it, for offline. These two guys had to really convince me that that shows how much of a problem I have following these Lakers. My heart is broken. They literally had to have an intervention to say, "Hey, Rob, it's not happening this year. <laughs> it's not happening this year." <laughs> literally, the Spurs would have to lose every game <laughs> this yeah. week. <laughs> and we have to win for us to make it. We're not making the playoffs. And even then, I'm still going to watch the game tonight against the Suns. Yeah, really, seriously. Like, by the time the listeners hear this, we'll probably be good and eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Good now, this is not – it's been one of those years, man. Like, it's just – I don't know. Just been, it's probably – I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. This is probably the most disappointing Lakers season oh, yeah. history. Like, not even exaggerating. Like, with the expectations going into the year, with Magic tweeting out, oh, champ, this is a championship roster, with all these future Hall of Famers on the roster, and to just kind of put out, again, with the injuries, couldn't stay healthy. As soon as a, t- a player get into a groove from LeBron to Anthony Davis, they get hurt. It's just been so frustrating. And just bad, just coaching, just bad, playing, bad effort, all of the above, man. I'm just sick of it. Yeah, I'm sick of it too, man. I barely even want to talk about it. But like you said, you covered it. it it's been the most disappointing. I think that even the years that we were in the lottery and, you know, we were trying to rebuild and all of that, we were still excited during that time. We were like trying to see what D'Angelo Russell looked like or what Brandon Ingram was able to produce or what we're going to get the, the top two pick and all of that. And so we still were able to find like something to look towards and still were actually excited to watch those games. And now you look at this team and there is no excitement to watch it. You it's know, nothing. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. at least we had the lotto. Like you, yeah. like you said, at least we had the lotto. Like, man, the lotto coming up. Yeah. Hopefully we can get a top. We can get the number one pick. You see that guy? Like, we have nothing. We have nothing. Yeah, you <laughs> well, know what I, you know, so, I told so, you. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'll say this, man, not to cut you off. My bad. Nah, you good. You good. <laughs> I just think that it's just one of those things where, like, we've been through the worst seasons in Laker history with the Lonzo days. Kobe Terrence Achilles days. Kobe you get choked up over there? A little bit. <laughs> it's just like, man, it's like, what happened? Like, I'm still confused. Like, this season is like a whirlwind. I'm still confused. I'm like, we're going to get it together. I tell my coworkers, all-star break. We're going to get it together. All-star break. It's just like, man, it's just been such a rough year this season. It's like the pride in me is like, I know if we make the playoffs, all we're gonna do is get swept. But I just want us to make the playoffs just so we can have something to watch. Yeah, but yeah. it's just it's just not the year. You know, like I told y'all, man, this is the first time ever where I have not consistently watched the Lakers. Honestly, I said I was gonna protect my peace throughout the course of this season. And once I saw the brand of basketball that we were playing, I was like, man, I'm not about to be night in and night out getting frustrated by watching this. And so this is the first time in a while, you know, I told y'all, like, I have not been watching the Lakers. And every time I, I you know, trick myself into doing it or, or, or boost myself into doing it, then they just let me down. So it's just it's just been the most pathetic season ever. Uh, have We've never had a season with this high of expectations that has resulted in this. Even the season that people try to compare it to, the season where Kobe went down with his Achilles, we got off to a terrible start. 
second half of the season, we went 20 and eight. Like we had one of the best records in the league after the all-star break that year. This year, we just couldn't turn it around, uh, and it's it's just been terrible. Uh, well, I mean, we'll be, we'll be put out of our misery soon, fellas. <laughs> um, but on the flip side, we're not going to end on a somber mode. I did kind of want to touch on Magic Johnson and what he had to say. Of course, Magic Johnson, I'm starting to see what you're saying, Lowe's. I think that he's a man that, like, he just got to be in the mix. Like, he just got – he feel like he has to be in the mix. And the most recent quote – that he he was to say was that we had the opportunity to sign DeMar and obtain Buddy Hill and retain our core with KCP and uh, Caruso as well. But LeBron's relationship with Westbrook would be the determining factor in why we pivoted from that deal to trading for Westbrook. Of course, I mean, we speculated on it, but it's like, oh, I got a call on my phone that – uh, DeMar wanted to come and, you know, they didn't do that. I'm like, Magic, you're not in the front office no more. Like, chill out. Like, why Why do you even have to say that? Like, he's just becoming, like, one of those people, like, it's like he pouring a salt in the wound. It's like, I told you so. Like, it's almost like I feel like he's still salty that he quit. Like, we didn't even fire him. He quit. Like, leave us alone. Yeah, I, I just got one thing to say. I just want to read this right quick from a certain Twitter account. Laker Nation, the blockbuster trade that's bringing Russell Westbrook to the Lakers is very exciting and will definitely make the Lakers a championship contender next season. That's from your guy, Magic Johnson. Like, leave it alone, Magic. Like, don't try to act like you knew all this and you, nah, you thought that this deal was going to work out. You thought you were behind it as well, just like all of us. So stop trying to act like you were the wise guy in the room. Like I, I, I'm all for uh, that right now too. Like, yeah, we I just think we was defending him like a, two years, a year and a half ago, Ramon. And then the thing, my thing to add on to it, if you're gonna blame LeBron for all of this, then we should blame you because you're the one that brought LeBron to the Lakers, supposedly. Like, bro, just sit this one out, Magic. Just sit this one out. First of all, you just start all this drama, and you you had to quit, and you quit in this like dramatic fashion, and now you still speaking on us. Come on now. Come on, Magic, bro. Come on, Magic. Like, I think he's rich and bored. <laughs> like, I just, that's what I think. I think he's just rich and bored. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, he always want to be the wise guy in the room. He always want to feel like he has the upper hand. And I think that just speaks to reports that all the stuff that was coming out when he was in charge of the Lakers, that it, he had a, he ran a toxic, toxic room. You know, that the, the environment was toxic. You know, nobody really wanted to deal with Magic. And that's the same thing. I think you get on-camera Magic. And then you get somebody different. Magic has something different going on. You just tell from his vibe. It's just things are just off with him in the whole situation. But again, I'm glad you guys are finally starting to pick up what this guy has been doing and how he's been trying to manipulate. I, you got to look at this as a Lakers. He front did office. bring us a chip, though. He did bring LeBron and bring us a chip. Y'all want to get it to the flip side? Sure, I guess. Y'all want to get it to the flip side? I'm done with it. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Well. I guess that's it with the Lakers, man. I don't even want to talk about it no more. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And all for you Pelicans fans that's that's talking down on us in our misery, I want to tell to y'all. Because all y'all going to do is get in the play-in game. And if y'all so happen to, to win it, all y'all going to do is get a date with the Suns and get put out in the first round in the first place. 
Yeah, man. Let me touch on that. And for all those Pelicans fans that's out there talking about, oh, who won the AD trade? I don't want to hear that stuff, man. Don't 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 try to kick us when I'm down. One, we we got one championship, and what y'all got? Okay, y'all have a couple good players, and y'all gonna make the playoffs. Now y'all won the trade, like y'all not even guaranteed to make the playoffs. Like, stop it. Please. Yeah, no, you, you already said it, bro. Like, we got a championship out of this. Y'all have – the Pelicans have nothing to show for it at this point. So, you know, you, you're not on the road to winning the championship right now, not in the foreseeable future. So, go ahead and, and celebrate, you know, this playoffs right now. You know, y'all going to try to, you know, talk about us and kickers and all of that, but we did get a chip out of it. And so, until you get a chip out of it, you did not win the trade. New Orleans, we love y'all. We love y'all. All our New listen, we love y'all. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's transition, man. Nice so way to now, keep it peaceful. <laughs> hey, who could be mad at that? <laughs> who could be mad at us loving them? But anyway, we're getting to the NBA playoffs. Like I said, a week from the days, the playoff games are starting, man. We This is my favorite time of year. We're going to get into it deeper as it is, but as it stands right now, the playoff race is sort of heating up. Um, I want to start with Brooklyn. Speaking of playing games right now, as it stands, the playoff picture has the Brooklyn Nets in the playoff game, I mean, play-in game. And, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because, you know, when that trade was made for Harden, that big, huge trade, probably the trade of the year, we, we expected Brooklyn to be up there. But now we got news that Ben Simmons has shut it down Ben Simmons had been sitting out for eight months of the season. <laughs> he gets traded. He complains about where he's at. He finally gets to a place that competes in where he wants to be and his back hurt. And he shut down at least what is being reported uh, through the playing game. So at, at hope, at best, the Brooklyn Nets hope that they can get him back for the first round of playoffs. But I mean, you know, we know basketball. It's a, it's a, it's a, a chemistry uh, S game. You have to have chemistry. He hadn't played in eight months. He's probably not in shape. I mean, man, it's a mess over there, man. I, I wonder how Brooklyn's feeling about this trade now. I don't know, bro. I, I'm hoping Brooklyn knew going into this that he did have these issues. I hope it just didn't form when they after they made the trade. But and they hoping hopefully they thinking this is a long term move for him. You know, they think a short term. This doesn't seem like the year. You know, but who knows how this will turn out? But like right now. It's not looking too good for him. It's not looking too good for a guy that we still, like you said, like he's not going to play in the play-in right now. We know that. Who knows if they're going to shut him down for the first round if they make the playoffs, you know. And so, again, this team is just like with the two-star and the star power they had, you know, with Kyrie and what he's went through with the whole vaccination, with Kevin Durant, you know, last year with his injury and coming back. And, you know, it's just this team just – I don't know. It just seems like it's every time they just kind of get there, something knock them back. You know, it's like 10 steps back, 10 steps up and then 11 steps back. You know, it's never where it's like, okay, this team is about to hit stride again. Every, everybody going into this year thought it's going to be Lakers and possibly Brooklyn in a championship game, you know, before the season started, let me say that before the season started, everyone kind of had the Brooklyn in there as that number one seed. It's just been like, it's been a crazy year, man. Like you just, that just goes to show you that you just never know. How this thing gonna go? All right, man. Just like you were talking about the Nets, it's just they just can't get right. <laughs> like, just can't get right. 
Um, and so, a, as you've already mentioned, it's just been an up and down season for them. I know that at this point, they thought when they made that deal that, of course, they would have, you know, their star like perimeter defender and Ben Simmons, that they would be able to be looking and saying that, OK, Ben will be able to play some minutes potentially against Giannis if they get that matchup and all of that. And things just haven't materialized. Uh, but it's still I, I still just can't count this group out. Like, I still just can't quite count them out, man. When you had that star power of KD and Kyrie, um, I know that everything, things aren't looking good. But I, I just haven't gotten hey, to the point where I can count them out. What was this energy with the Lakers, bro? Like, why, what's going on with you? <laughs> you can't count the Brooklyn Nets out, but because I count the Lakers out a long time ago. Because, because I've actually seen a brand of basketball from Brooklyn that looks like they can contend. Like, from the Lakers all season, I have not seen a brand of basketball at any point. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, the, that's the biggest difference right there, but – I almost pulled my Laker card from me just now real quick. But. <laughs> but I'll say this, too, with Ben, since y'all don't avoid it. And I try to avoid this conversation because if you go through it historically through our podcast, it sounds like I hate Ben. And I don't. I'm a fan of Ben. But how do you feel about a guy that said eight months out of basketball? Like, what are you doing? You know, to Kyrie's defense, like, I don't agree with what Kyrie did not getting vaccinated and leaving his team out the drive. We'll get to that in a second. But at least when Kyrie come out, Kyrie dropping 50, Kyrie dropping 30, like, you know, Kyrie balling out. Like, what's up with Ben, man? Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's hard for me. I'm going to just say it's hard for me to keep respect for this man as a fellow LSU alumnus. I'm feeling like Shaq. I don't know. I just can't. Like, it's getting tougher. I'm trying to root for him, but, like, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the injury, I'm not going to question it. It could be valid, but I'm just like, man, you're not on the floor. Like, I'm sure when Brooklyn made the trade, they made a trade to where they're like, okay, we get Harden, send Harden away, we get Ben, we, we can keep rolling. He's not available to play. Yeah, so I think it's just a bad string of things that's going on with him. You know, I think he really was sitting out because he just didn't want to play for Philly. But now, the, this situation, I think any – with him being in a new situation now, I think the injury, you know, um, is legit. And I think it is serious, especially with it coming out with that he had an epidural and all that stuff. For those that you don't know, that don't know, that's one of those shots that, you know, women that's giving birth get to numb them, you know, pretty much from the legs down, you know. So it was a pretty serious. So I think the injury may be more serious than what, you know, is being reported right now. I think they, because of the, the magnitude of the trade and him going to a new team, for that sake, they're not saying nothing, but I really think that he's seriously hurt right now. And especially for a guy that had back problems, you know, the back is one of the things that control everything. That thing shut down on you, ain't nothing you can really do. Look, I'm not questioning the man's injury. The man's oh, no, no, no. This is not speaking look, to you directly, no, Rob. I was just trying to speaking out. No, I want to have a about the situation. I want to have a real conversation. Oh, you about to start a dialogue? This man. Cried about not wanting to be in Philadelphia for eight months. No, for two, for almost a year and a half. You finally get trade and you're not ready to play. Y'all raising eyebrows somewhat. Right. I feel you. And I see the dialogue you're going there. And that's why I said I just feel like it was a bad string of things that happened. I think. And then you hear reports about him being vacationing in London. 
during his time off. Like he wasn't working out. He wasn't playing. Well, but I ain't gonna say he wasn't working out, but I'm saying ball wasn't his priority. You know, at least Kyrie was ready to play when he when the when the band like whenever he was caught up on, he was ready to play when he was when he was playing. He was a he's a baller. Like yeah, I don't, I mean, am I on a am I just like did I miss the mark saying that I lost a little respect? And just on top of that, how he handled the Philadelphia situation. No, nah, I mean, I won't say you missed the mark on that because, I mean, I also am not a big fan of this fight that he's doing for to recoup this money that he lost uh, from sitting out at Philly. Like, I felt like he decided that he wanted to sit out. You know, he's given the reasons and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I'm not trying to minimize that for anyone that's really going through those type of things. But I do feel that ultimately Ben just didn't want to play for Philly. And so I, I think you can't have it both ways that, hey, I don't want to play here. I want to sit out but then give me all my money. And so I think that's the biggest issue that I've had um, throughout this process of the recent events. I do, I feel like, kind of like Los was saying, you know, it's just a string of bad events. I do believe that he would want to play right now. I don't believe that he would just be wanting to sit out. I believe that it's a legit injury at this point. You know, can you say, hey, should he have been ready? Should he have prepared himself? Should he have been in better shape? All of that, yeah, you can mention those factors, but sometimes certain things just creep up on you. Certain injuries occur that it's like there's no way you would have been able to prevent it or do anything about it. So I don't sit on the seat or the side where I'm completely like everything that he's done has been completely negative. You know, I'm not with a lot of the decisions that he's made, but I do think that he's legitimately hurt at this point. Yeah, we all agree. I think he's hurt for real, but I don't know. I think you're just frustrated. Go you're just frustrated with him, and rightfully so. So I'm, why you always make me have to be get off my line, guy? Like every episode, this is becoming a trend. Because <laughs> you're getting up in age, right? right? You can't help it. You know <laughs> well, who you are, bro. You are who you are. <laughs> so, somebody out there on my side, man. <laughs> Y'all continuously ostracize me on this type of stuff. But anyway. So the playoff uh, race is heating up um, here. Um, the Memphis, speaking of injuries, Memphis Grizzlies, they continue to win without job, but we all collectively agree that they're going to need job to make a run when the playoffs start. Oh, 100%. 100%. So how, how serious do you think this injury is? Because <laughs> nobody's talking about it. I think they, Memphis will just know they're in a good place right now. I think they're locked into that two-spot. Warriors have been falling down. They're not going to catch one. I think they know that, hey, this is a long-term move. I don't think it's shut down Lonzo Ball type style, whereas, you know, it's going to be one of those things where it came out today, small nugget, that he's going to be out for the year. But I don't think it's one of those. I think they're just trying to rest him and preparing him for the playoffs, you know, like, hey, we're going to need this guy deep into a playoff run. A lot of his game is based on him being athletic and jumping. You know, every time you think about somebody jumping around, it's John Moran. That dude can get up. So I think they just want to protect his knees and make sure that he's ready for this long playoff run. I completely agree with Lowe's on that. Well, man, <clears throat> it's time for it, man. Let's, let's talk about some dog horses real quickly, Eastern and Western Conference. We still got a, a week of basketball games to go, so this could change, and we're going to do – an NBA coverage, just straight playoff coverage, as we always do. Well, East Coast, West Coast, who's y'all dark horse in each conference and why? My, my, I will say, I'll start off with, um, I'll start off with the West Coast and I will go with a team like Denver. 
just a dark horse because we just don't know if Jamal Murray is going to come back. And that's why I'm making it my dark horse. It did come out that Michael Porter Jr. is probably not going to come back this year. And, you know, his injury is, you know, a little bit more serious. But Jamal Murray, if he's able to slip in there and kind of get going, um, they I have them as a dark horse team to make a deep run. Maybe not win it all, but make a deep run in the playoffs more expected than, you know, probably more than what people expect. Uh, and, uh, you want me to jump straight into the East? I can do that too. East, I, I just got to go with the bubble team, Miami. You know, I think Miami bringing Kyle Lowry over, he's been, he played, he's played big in playoff games. They are a good team right now. Um, I don't know if they're a dark horse, but nobody's really talking about them winning at all because they are the number one seed. But I still, because I don't think they respected enough. So that's kind of why I have them as a dark horse. Nobody is picking them as their team to win it all, right? When you think about teams to win it all, you probably picking, you know, obviously the Suns, Milwaukee, all these other teams, you know, even Brooklyn to an extent. Nobody's really giving Miami the respect that they earn as that number one seed. So I got Miami as my dark horse on the East. Uh I guess to chime in, uh, you kind of sniped me with the Denver pick right there. That was going to be my dark horse. But to give another one, uh, I would say that the Mavs are a dark horse, man. The Mavs have been playing good basketball, especially the second half of the season. You sniped uh, me. <laughs> you sniped me. <laughs> gotcha. We've seen them slowly creep up in the standings uh, to where they're sitting at the four seed right now. And um, I think that the, the brand of basketball that they've been playing, we know that they have a superstar in Luka Doncic um, and the pieces that they surrounded him with. Even to me, the Spencer Dinwiddie move ended up being a good move for them. And that's, uh, I think that honestly, that they won that deal that they had with Washington. And so um, I think that they're a sleeper. They're a dark horse that a lot of people, you know, aren't necessarily talking about from the West perspective. And um, then I would say for the East, I mean, this isn't a brand that's typically a sleeper. Uh, but the Celtics, man, you know, I think that a lot of people haven't given them. the. Uh, you got me again, Ramon. Goodness <laughs> gracious. My bad. I, I mean, it's only so many options. That, it's only so many options that are out there that you can choose. But I mean, the brand of basketball that they played, um, you know, especially after they had kind of that slow start where they were hovering around 500. Um, they just really kind of figured it out from a defensive perspective. Uh, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, that one-two punch has been out of this world, arguably the best one-two punch as far as production-wise. Uh, I'm not going to say skill-wise or, like, Carlos as far my, as, like – Carlos might have something to say about that. Yeah. I, I but thought you were about to say the, the best one-two punch in the in- history of the NBA or something. Oh, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not have that high of a take. But, but as far as, like, production and what they produce, especially since the All-Star break and all of that, um, they've just been on a roll. I think probably since the All-Star break, off the top of my head, I want to say they're, like, 15 and three or something like that since the all-star break. And so they just had it rolling um, and they're a dangerous team, honestly, over there sitting at now elevated all the way up to the two seat. Hey, Ramon, you laid it out. Will you stole my thunder, man. My bad. <laughs> I will talk about Dallas a little bit. Jason Kidd got him rolling. Uh, I think that he's done a great job with that roster, but they constructed that roster very well. Uh, with Luka Doncic, you know you have a superstar like Ramon mentioned, but, man, they just have everything they need to help Luka succeed. They finally got um, Porzingis out of there. They brought in Spencer Dinwiddie, who can compliment him. I like the kid, Jalen Bronson. I liked him I liked him out of Villanova, out the gate. He knows how to win. He makes the right plays. And he also can give you about 15 points. 
uh, 15 to 20 points sometimes off the bench, uh, off the gate. So uh, then you add another score and getting with it. Then you got Dorian Finney-Smith, who's not talking talked about much, but he's a guy that gets your rebounds, that can defend. So um, it's a it's a good constructed roster. And uh, I think Jason Kidd, man, he just has put the right pieces together and has schemed right. Um, to, to touch on Boston, since though, that was my other dark horse, um, man, again, they made a head coaching change and he got them rolling. Um, I think that what's been a blaring improvement in – um, Tatum and uh, Brown's game is that they have become more playmakers so far this season as opposed to previous year. That was one of the things that I always had a knock. I love Tatum. I think he's the most talented guy in the world, but I, I said his playmaking had to improve and it has, but on top of that, Marcus Sport, you got him. That That's the glue that holds this team together. I, I remember uh, the first half of the season before the All-Star break, he challenged them and he even said in the, they're not passing the ball. You know, Brown and Tatum, they was doing their own thing. They didn't get anybody involved. And and I thought that, that at that point they were losing games. I thought that would have hurt them. But I think that Tatum really took that in and Brown really took that in and has improved in that. And then Tatum, that, that factor, that superstar, you're watching a budding superstar. He really believes that he's the best player on the court night in, night out, no matter who's out there with him. So now that he has that confidence, man, and he has all the talent in the world. One of my favorite players to watch, smooth game ever. Boston is scary. And like you said, Ramon, they're sitting there at the, as the number two seed in the East. I think this is – we've seen them up there before in, in previous years in the playoffs at that number two, number one. This is a different number two Boston that we're seeing. And uh, any team that want to face them, is, it's going to be scary. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Yep, so we will cover the playoffs intently and in more in-depth on future episodes, as well as we have our draft episode coming up. Uh, NFL draft is coming up. It's at the end of the month, so, of course, we have the coverage. Uh, one of Carlos's favorite times of the year, we know, uh, but we're going to get in more in-depth into the prospects and everything, so stay tuned. We're going to wrap this one up. We appreciate you for rocking with us for this long. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Make sure that you're following us on O underscore Benchworm on our social media handles. Uh, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. Of course, Opinionated Benchwarmers on any of your favorite platforms. And if you're in Baton Rouge and NOLA, catch us on the radio, 99.1 FM, every Thursday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. And until next time, we out of here. Later.